This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and I'm joined tonight by David and Brady. Gentlemen, coming up tomorrow, or today as of the release of this podcast, Wednesday night, State versus Southern Part 3, Sports Arena, 7 p.m. Be there. What are we thinking about this matchup? I know you guys have some thoughts about it. I've got some too, but I want to hear what you have to say. I am hopelessly optimistic, and that's where I want to start with that. Um, because obviously Georgia Southern has played in Atlanta already this year, and they looked really, really good. Um, And the regular season has no sort of say as to how postseason performance will go, but I think that if anybody is kind of got the back against the wall right now as we sit here today, I do honestly think it's the Georgia State Panthers. It's certainly – I think that – you want to be the team if you're going to, if, if, you know, the other team would have won. I think you would rather have been the regular season meeting so that you can come into this game with the motivation of that can't happen again. Like if Georgia State had won both games and this matchup happened, which I don't know if that technically could even have happened just based on how the seedings would have gone differently, but had that happened, and it's Georgia Southern coming in, not having beaten them all year, not having won still since 90, 1992 in Atlanta. It Like you're saying, it might be different where, you know, Georgia Southern has got that extra monkey on their back they're trying to get over. And it seems like the way this plays out, it, that Georgia State should be that team. Yeah, no, definitely. I totally agree with that. Um, but I don't know. I think... If Southern played less well in Atlanta and still got the win, I'd probably still give it to State. Um, I just don't know. I think, you know, for of the two games that they've played, Georgia Southern has outplayed Georgia State in about a game and a half of that. And, you know, credit to State. They did a great job of beating Southern when they went down to Statesboro. You know, they had that incredible comeback, you know, due to some poor free throw shooting by Southern and just the. You know, they had a huge second half collapse, but I also think that if Southern is going to play well, you can't bank on that if you're Georgia State. And if you ask me today if Georgia State is going to play as well as they need to in order to beat Southern in advance, obviously I'm hopeful, but, you know, Southern has had a bit of a string of comeback wins lately. So, you know, I think it's definitely a much more of a toss up than it should be otherwise. Yeah, I think it's. You're not alone in there being doubt cast on this game just for the simple fact that Georgia Southern did recently come in and do what they did. I guess I would counter that by saying that a lot of what Georgia Southern did, it isn't necessarily what they've done in every game they've played this year. And there's a lot of ways in which that was the best game they played most of the season. And I can't say that definitively because I haven't watched every minute of every game, but I've watched a good bit of them play. And I can't remember a game when they were locked in like that from the start, not forcing bad looks, especially from three, which they did. They didn't shoot well from three. They shot three of 14 in the first game, but they only took 14, which was a new phenomenon for them because they had been throwing up a lot of threes in other games during the year. And they got to the foul line a little bit more and they had 21 turnovers and it didn't cost them in that way, I guess. 
you didn't take advantage of that. And there's not necessarily any guarantee Georgia State can continue to force 20 plus turnovers on a team in a game. But I think I just would be interested to see the Georgia State reaction to getting another chance, because this is just this is probably what we expected. This is probably what the team expected to happen with Georgia Southern beating whoever they played in the second round of the tournament. And I really have to believe that just from a pride point of view and from everything coach Lanier has said about how the team was disappointed and didn't take the opportunity they had in the last game that I have to feel like Georgia state knows they've got to come into this one with the energy and from the start, because last game Georgia Southern had the energy from the start Georgia state didn't and Georgia state could never get back in the game because of it. No. And that's a great point because even though Little Rock wasn't at full effort strength, if you will, I think the one thing that Georgia State looked different about when they played Little Rock after the Southern game was that energy. And, you know, Coach Lanier even mentioned it in his postgame press conference, which, by the way, if you haven't seen, there's a great, a great quote in there that you definitely need to check out. Um But at the same time, though, I think if Georgia State plays with that energy that we saw against the Little Rock game, it doesn't matter how well that Southern plays. You know, you're not going to beat Georgia State in Atlanta if they're playing with that energy. But I think there's also a legitimate pause that you need to ask and say, is this the team that just beat Little Rock by almost 20? I personally don't know because the recipe is still there for Southern to beat State. You know, I don't I don't think that just because there's been two weeks or just because, you know, state has a renewed sense of purpose that all of a sudden they're just going to flip a switch. You know, can they flip the switch? Of course they can. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't expect them to. But, you know, why not? And you bring up the Atlanta part. And I don't I'm not saying like the crowd wasn't there last game. The crowd never except for maybe a couple of moments late in the first half got into it and it felt like the sellout crowd. And part of that's, you know, that it was Georgia state was down from the start and working back. And there weren't like the highlight moments. Whereas for the less crowd that there was against little rock, there were some legitimate times where the crowd that was there was pretty loud, pretty effective and getting in, getting into the action. And I think that that's, you know, the fans need to from the tip, be loud and make it matter that Georgia State's playing this game on the home court and the players need to feed it. I mean, I'm not saying like go for only highlight plays. They're going to pump up the crowd because that's just an awful way to play basketball and it's going to lead to, you know, forcing looks. But I think that the crowd and the home factor didn't matter as much as it should have in the first game. And especially with this being winner go home, it just has to in this game. Like it has to matter that it shook out the way it did and that Georgia state was able to be the four seed because if Georgia Southern had held on against Arkansas state, if Georgia state had won their second round game, this would be the same, you know, this would be the same matchup except it would be in Hanner Fieldhouse. And so because of the circumstances playing out like they did, because you're getting a second chance against them after they beat you at home, this has to be a game that it matters that it's a home game for Georgia state. No, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And in that regard, I guess the one thing that I think Georgia State unquestionably did a lot better against Little Rock than what they did against the first home game against Georgia Southern that kind of feeds into home mattering is taking care of the ball. Like, are you saying 
just turnovers specifically or taking care of the ball as in like offensive efficiency? Both. I mean, Georgia State shot under 40%. They shot just under 35%, in fact, against Georgia Southern at home the first time. But it was also 18 turnovers and just really bad turnovers in the run of play that let Georgia Southern get out on the break. And a little bit that's just Southern's DNA as a team is they are active, they're jumping passing lanes, they're trying to force steals. I think they're second in the conference behind Georgia State in steals per game. And, you know, Quan Jackson is going to make you pay if you put a pass too close to him because he's really good on the defensive end in that way. But it was still controllable because it wasn't just Georgia Southern players are in the right position. It was also that the pass was, you know, there wasn't enough loft on it or the guy was covered, you know, whatever. And it wasn't, it's stuff that's been a problem for Georgia State at times this year. We've talked about turnovers a lot, but it manifested itself in ways that hadn't in a while and that didn't against Little Rock. Against Little Rock, 20 assists, 10 turnovers for Georgia State. That's where Coach Neer would probably love to sit every game. But it was also Justin Roberts had four assists and two turnovers against Georgia Southern, the best of the team in that regard, because Kane had two assists to three turnovers, at least a couple of those being the cross-court passes that didn't find a guy and that led to a fast break for Georgia Southern. Corey had no assists, three turnovers. Nelson had no assists, four turnovers. And, you know, that's just not going to cut it in the second time. I mean, it's just the Christmas of the passes has to be there, and there just has to be a mindfulness towards controlling the ball. It's two teams that are going to be trying to go fast. They're both in the top 50, according to Ken Palm, in adjusted tempo per game. So I think there's going to be tempo, and I think especially because Georgia State kind of struggled last game when they let Georgia Southern set up the half court. I don't think the tempo is going to go away, but they played fast against Little Rock, but they played well fast against Little Rock. Yeah, no, and that's absolutely the thing. And, you know, part of why they played so well against Little Rock was because of the bigs. We, I mean, we mentioned that last time, so we don't have to necessarily rehash that. But if Georgia State is going to overcome the exact same game that they played against Georgia Southern, it's going to come down to the two freshman bigs. And obviously, I recognize that that's a, an immense amount of pressure for two guys who, you know, were was playing high school basketball last year. But... That's kind of the reality of college basketball. Sometimes you're going to be asked to step up and, you know, the guys that can do it are the guys that, you know, have long, illustrious careers in the sport. Yeah, uh, we definitely talked a lot last time we talked about these teams, about the game Isaiah Crawley had. And he had another good game in the the, uh, second round game against Louisiana. He was seven for 11 from the floor. 14 and eight was the stat line, but he had four fouls. And I think that that might be something you can't really just game plan to have a guy pick up fouls. But I think if there's a way other than just saying Jalen and Joe go outperform against Crawley, if he's going to be such a force, if there's a way to run the offense to try and go for contact, you know, run the lane, get baskets or get fouls, especially on someone like Crawley and try and get him out of the game and have that be the way he can't impact the game, that might be an important way to go about it because I think that 
he's feeling confident right now and he's a senior. He's not going to want to lose. He's going to want to keep going. And I think that that's going to be something to watch is if, if Georgia state can get him off the court, they might have a lot more success. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I mean, you kind of mentioned seniors for Southern. Well, Ike Smith, you know, didn't lead the team in points. I think what really started to turn for Southern in their game against Louisiana was he, started to play better himself. And I think that's exactly what Georgia state is going to want to look to mitigate because if you have Crawley and Smith playing well, it's going to be an incredibly long evening for Georgia state. And I guess there's, there's two things going on as far as, uh, you know, quote momentum going into this one, Georgia state hasn't played in seven days and the right state in the uh, horizon league to switch conferences for a second had had a layoff before their semifinal game in their conference tournament. And they were slow. And the team who had been playing games, UIC came back and just beat the doors down against them. And Georgia Southern played on Monday and they, that's the only game they've played, but they have played a game in the last week. And so if there'd be one space where I'd be worried about Georgia state coming out fast. It's just the fact that they might be rusty or just haven't played in seven days. And so while I don't think Georgia Southern over the course of 40 minutes against Louisiana played all that well, they closed strong. There's some momentum in the way that they came back from down double digits at home and won a game late. And so that's where I would be worried if I would, you know, would, the worry would be Georgia state could have all the intention about starting fast, but there is something to getting basketball back under your legs after resting. I, I kind of want to play devil's advocate to that because I think a lot of what we saw with Georgia state down the stretch was tired legs and it impacted a lot of shots. So do you think necessarily having that time off could be beneficial? Because obviously you're not watching the ball go in in games. You're watching it go in in practice, but I think there's something to be said about them actually having as much rest as they had, you know, it's not like South Alabama or uh, uh, little rock who has, whose next game is what? Friday or Saturday or something like that. Saturday. Yeah. It's not as much of a layoff as those teams, but I think that you're right that it can be a help. But then when it comes to just game action, it's not a definite thing. You're going to come out slow. Teams can use the rest well and they can come out and it's like they played on Monday too, but it's team to team. And it's just, it is something that's up in the air until we see the way Georgia state starts. And as we've alluded to several times just in this talk about it, the way that the game starts is going to be really important. You know, it's not like that's a very, uh, that seems like a pretty obvious thing to say in any game. But I think that for the reasons we laid out, starting fast for each team is going to matter. And that would be the one obstacle for Georgia State. Yeah, hopefully they can overcome, you know, that slow start if it happens and or at the same time hopefully they can just start fast play you know a great 40 minutes of basketball yeah and i guess we've just kind of talked about the game itself and just what might happen in it but just as a general note you're the four seed and so you've still got two games after this to win to go dancing but this is a rival who had beat you for the first time since 1992 on your court earlier this year it's a situation where 
even though they're a good team and you can't take that away from Georgia Southern, it feels the type of game that if given everything that's happened, you can't find a way to get it done. It's just kind of like the season was just going to be predestined to be this way. It just feels like a game you have to win, given the context of everything. Calling this game a must win, Brady? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Sources say must win. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I don't mean it in that way. Like, obviously, yes, George right. has to win this game to advance in the Sunbelt tournament. That's the rules been set out. <laughs> but it just feels like you can't lose to your rival twice who you haven't lost to in what? 28 26 years 28 years yeah as he momentarily forgets what year he's in (laughs) (laughs) i you know i say that kind of facetiously but i do understand what you're saying because you know if if that rivalry is as um i don't want to say pertinent as it seems but if if the little things in the rivalry matter you're right you can't lose at home twice in the same year after not losing for like 20 something years also worth saying, Georgia State currently 2-0 and in Sunbelt tournament games against Georgia Southern since both teams joined the conference. So you could go to making it 3-0 and of you ending their season and 0-3 of them ending your season in the tournament. What were the two wins before this? It was the final in 2015. The final in 2015, and then in... The it was year a semifinal. It was the uh, semifinal yeah. where Devin Mitchell hit the three <laughs> when he forgot the shot clock. Yep. Uh, that was that was the year that uh, two appearances ago, the year that Georgia State ended up playing Cincinnati, the, the uh, 17-18 season. That is still one of the funniest basketball shots I've ever seen live. Um, sorry, this is a total quick aside because the entire time during the inbounds play, I was like, please don't give this to Devin and have him shoot it in two seconds. You have enough time. And of course, that is the first thing that that man did. Um, but yes, I, I do remember those two games now. Um, and I think, you know, like you're saying, Georgia state has good history against Southern in the tournament. So there's no reason that this necessarily will change. And yeah, that's a a, a point of pride in a rivalry is when you, you can have bragging rights when it matters. And even despite all the perfectly valid claims you lay out for why this could be a troublesome game. And even some of the ones I laid out, I feel like I was a little more flowery than you, but that's good. Uh, you laid out some valid points. And yet I just feel like at the end of the day, everything should set up for Georgia state. The opportunity should be there, especially because in the back of their mind is how it went last time. And it should be, it absolutely should be like, that should be, I don't want to say the only thing that they watch and film this week, but you know, once they knew that it was going to be Southern, that's obviously something of importance that they keep in the back of their minds. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, The other game on Wednesday is Appalachian state going to Texas state. The winner of that game will go to probably new Orleans. Uh, They will face South Alabama as the two seed and the winner of the Georgia showdown will go and face Little Rock as the one seed. So that's where the Sunbelt lies right now. Pretty much everyone who's left is everyone who we expected to be left at this point. There were some, it was Louisiana led most of the way against Georgia Southern on Monday and Coastal, the 10 seed, led most of the way against Appalachian State after upsetting UTA, which not a lot of people were expecting. So the quarterfinals 
almost looked very different to what was the expectation, but ended up being exactly as it was expected to play out. So it'll be interesting to see how that game goes. I feel like Texas State probably wins, maybe even comfortably, but that's obviously going to matter because winner of that plays South Alabama for who's going to make the championship. Yeah, the Sun Belt's been not a whole bunch of chalk necessarily, but I feel like this next round is going to be exactly what people expected it to be. So I think you guys covered pretty much everything that I was thinking about talking about, but I think it is worth noting that uh, this game is approaching sold out as far as everything that we've been able to find. Uh, There's some people on Twitter complaining about ticket distribution, but that is not the focus of this podcast. We're just going to move right along. We have a question this week from Bailey who wants to know, do you think the Panthers would smack around UGA in a game of the sports arena, Anthony Edwards and all? And men's basketball, of course, is what Bailey's talking about. Gentlemen, what do you think? See, the nice thing about podcasts like this, when we're not actually the ones doing the coaching and the playing, is we don't have to be like focuses on George Southern. <laughs> we got we got an opponent coming up on Wednesday. Uh, we can have these little digressions, and it's fun. It is fun. It was it was fun. Speaking of fun, it was fun to go back when I saw this question and rewatch the highlights from when Georgia State and Georgia played last season. Yeah, when Georgia fun. State led by I'm not going to lose this game. Malik Ben Levy <laughs> beat Georgia 9167. I guess segueing to the question, if we're playing this imaginary game that happens in the real world where that happened last season, I definitely think there'd be some juice from Georgia to be like, we can't lose to them 9167 again. And with the star like Anthony Edwards, I'm not gonna I love the use of the word smack around, and I still definitely on balance say Georgia State has been the best basketball program in the state for the last decade or so. Um, I still think they'd win because it, barring a couple of games, including the Georgia Southern one a couple weeks ago, sports arena has been a place of, you know, wins and comfortable wins for Georgia state. But I definitely think that if we're having this hypothetical, we do have to recognize that Georgia would come into this one, probably feeling like they have to win. And so I think that they'd get the best shot. That said, it won't happen even with the new arena. So we will just have to dream. I would be shocked if Georgia ever accepts a road game at Georgia state. And that's just the way it is. Or ever a game period versus Georgia state. Not after that beat down. It's it sucks because I feel like you just gave such a political answer. Um, but I mean, if you look at this Georgia team, even though they played, yeah, you played the sec and blah, 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 strength, of schedule, blah, blah, blah. It's still not a good team necessarily. Like Anthony Edwards is absolutely going to be in the top five in the NBA draft next year. Uh, uh, There's no doubt in my mind about that. And obviously, you know, when you get a guy like Edwards is going to be the best player on the floor if both of those two teams play, but it's still not a team that shoots threes particularly well. You know, they turn over the ball probably a little bit too much. You know, they don't get a lot of steals. The assist numbers aren't really there. I still think that if that game is in Atlanta, Georgia State probably wins it. You know, is it probably a beatdown? No, I don't think so. You know, if you got a situation where you don't have the best player on your team, it takes a real concerted effort to win. But I still think that Georgia State probably wins it. All all I'll say is the only evidence we have to go on is that game. So, Georgia, if you're listening and you want to prove the record wrong there, only one way you can, you know, Fix that is by playing Georgia State again. Otherwise, all we have to go on is evidence. All the evidence is closer in the Georgia State would smack 
UGA than not, because that's what we have to go off. Balls in your court, Bulldogs. All right. Well, I think that just about sums it up. I I really don't think we're ever going to see Georgia State and Georgia play in basketball, at least not for a really long time. But uh, thanks, Bailey, for the question. Thanks to everyone who listens each and every week. Uh, Brady and Taylor and I will be in attendance at the uh, game tonight as of the release of this podcast. If you see us, don't be afraid to say hi. Love to talk about basketball and all sorts of other Georgia State stuff with you guys like we do on the podcast. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll be back probably in a couple days to talk a little bit more stuff about Georgia State sports in general. we got some football stuff to talk about, but we wanted to push that to our regular release schedule. But until then, that's going to do it for this episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. The Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com. 